Welcome to Lockdown Horn Frogs. TCU added another big piece to their 2023 football class uh, on Monday. We'll talk about that next. This is Lockdown Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It is your team every day. Some recruiting news to start uh, today's proceedings. So the Frogs landed a commit for their 2023 class on Monday morning. Um, safety Warren Robertson from Red Oak, Texas. He committed to TCU. Robertson is a four-star safety. Um, he stands at six feet tall, 180 pounds. Now, it's interesting. Jeremy Clark uh, said this on Monday, and I won't reveal all his details. He has some good write-ups on uh, Horn Frog Blitz if you want to go to that website. Um, but one thing he did mention was that Robertson was – he wasn't a USC commit, but he was a pretty heavy USC lean. Like Lincoln Riley and that staff had done a good job of developing a relationship. Kind of seemed like that the, that was the way it was going. Um, but through the course of this football season, TCU has been able to land him and get him committed to the Frogs on Monday. So it's been kind of slow on the recruiting front. They had a really good offseason. And, of course, you know, as the season started to pick up steam, um, they haven't had as much as far as commits go, but they've been working really hard on these visits, getting guys to come in. And I think that, you know, the, the biggest um, thing that's one of the biggest thing that's come from this eight, no start in this great season has been some of these fantastic home environments like Oklahoma state, like Kansas state, like I hope Texas tech is on Saturday at 11 AM. Um, they've had recruits there and they've had, High school kids see, like, okay, this team is winning. Um, they're playing really well in year one under Sunny Dykes. And you can come play to a place with great facilities. You can come play at a place that when the team's doing well and they're successful, will sell out and pack the house and create um, an incredible atmosphere to perform in. So Robertson joins the fold. Um, he's a, a track guy as well, really athletic, had offers, had a really impressive offer list. Actually, had an offer from um, Alabama, Arkansas, some other SEC schools. But anytime, you know, the Crimson Tide notice what you're doing, especially on the defensive side of the ball, that means you can play. Another DFW kid, which is something that Sonny Dykes and his staff have put a huge emphasis on, is getting those young men from Dallas. Is one of the reasons that he came over from SMU because he did such a good job of that, both uh, in the high school ranks and getting guys on the transfer portal to come to uh, the Hilltop to play for him there. So a huge get, um, some really good momentum. They now have 20 commits for this class, and I think they've done a really good job of they have, you know, really high consensus four-star players, um, players like Cordell Russell, the wide receiver from North Mesquite. Robertson now joins that fold, the safety from Red Oak. Avion Carter, defensive lineman from Marilo Tascosa. Uh, Cameron Cook, the running back from Round Rock, Stony Point. And then they just have a, a number of players – that I think they've evaluated really well. Kind of high upside three-star players like Max Carroll, the athlete from Memphis, uh, Lafayette Carraway, the um, tight end from Sam Houston, Javon Wilcox, the Lake Belton safety. So they've done a really good job um, of sort of mixing and matching and making this class work. So I, I like what they're doing in that front. From a, a rankings perspective, 
They now sit at 23rd overall um, in the nation, and they're the third highest ranked class in the Big 12 currently for 2023. And, you know, obviously, honestly, the, the recruiting didn't really drop off a whole lot as far as the types of players they were getting, even towards the end of the Gary Patterson era. They were still recruiting at a pretty high level. I think they've streamlined things now. They have some staff members um, like Brian Carrington, like Aaron Hodges, who are, who are committed to basically, you know, doing that full time um, in a way that I, I don't think the previous staff was. But they've carried on this momentum of finding talent, finding talent, especially in the DFW area, and a few names to watch over the next few weeks. And we're really close. I mean, we're like a month and a half away from signing day now, early signing day. So it's coming up quick. But Mikhail Harrison Pilot is a player in Temple, um, and he's listed as an athlete, safety. I think TCU is looking at him as a wide receiver, but he's played a little bit of everything. He played quarterback at Temple um, at times. He's been a wide receiver. He's been in the secondary. So he plays both ways. And he's got a lot of attention from Cal, from um, Houston. But they've been recruiting him hard. I know he's been on campus a few times in the last few weeks. So that's a player that they're looking to add. Um, and, and Pilot's an impressive guy. And, you know, Temple, they, they have a pretty good connection. Quentin Johnston um, played his high school ball in Temple. Jared Wiley, the Texas transfer, also originally from Temple, Texas. So they have a few guys on the roster who can obviously, you know, relate to him in that way and talk him up. But Pilot's a player that I think they're after pretty hard right now. And then Marcus Deal, the defensive lineman um, from Nauman Forest, he's a four-star player. And he's down to Georgia, TCU, Oklahoma's in the mix as well. So if they could pull that off, that would be a pretty impressive end to what's been a a super um, impressive class so far. And and kind of the one glaring thing that they don't have at the moment from from a high school perspective is quarterback. So I'm not sure how they address that. I don't know if they're going to get a late QB ad in this cycle or if they'll go more the transfer portal route. Um, but that's that's just sort of the one roster area they haven't addressed. But they've done a good job in the trenches, um, in the secondary, obviously now adding Robinson um, from, from Red Oak. And, yeah, exciting times in the recruiting front and TCU continuing to kind of capitalize on the momentum um, from what's been a, a really great season for this team so far. So, that is your uh, latest update. Warren Robertson, the Red Oak safety, he commits to TCU um, after, you know, kind of flirting with USC through the process and some others, but lands with the frogs as we are getting closer to early signing day coming up in December. Um, when we come back, I want to talk uh, about a one-year anniversary that happened yesterday, and then we got college football playoff rankings tonight. It's been a while since um, we've – had to care about that, right? Like since TCU was in the mix in that uh, in that discussion, but it's coming this evening on ESPN. So I'm curious to see where the frogs end up and kind of where they're set up moving forward. Uh, before we do that, do that though, I do want to uh, mention one of our great sponsors, Nissan. So Nissan's partner with the Locked On Network to create a great segment, thrilling moments. Um, so we highlight the most exciting play of the week. And I had a hard time on this one uh, because, I mean, there were plays in the game that obviously were huge in deciding it, but a lot of the big plays on offense happened in the first half. I ended up landing on our Nissan thrilling moment 
for this week, being that uh, pass from Max Duggan to Savion Williams on fourth and one that sealed the game. That little fade pattern of the free play. They got West Virginia jump off sides on the hard count and the great recognition by both Duggins and Duggan and Williams to just say, okay, let's just throw this ball up and um, and see what happens. And, and Williams went up and got the football and came down with it and scored the touchdown and, and put that game to bed. 41-31, Frogs win. That was your Nissan thrilling moment. This segment's been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new line of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in an all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder, and you can do that today. So, Welcome back to Lockdown Horn Frogs. Uh, I am your host, Stephen Simcox, and I thought about this yesterday. Um, on Monday, it was the one-year anniversary of Gary Patterson and TCU parting ways. And so I remember it was a Sunday afternoon, and I heard some rumblings, but I didn't have anything concrete to go off of, and I was trick-or-treating with my family, um, and we're walking around this neighborhood with my kids, and I just start, my phone just starts going off, get these text messages. It's kind of vague test messages. And um, I think it was my, my pal, Matt Jennings, who was on the show. He texted me. He was like, oh, my gosh, they, they did it. And then I saw the news. Um, and so it's it's been a strange few years for TCU football. And that K-State game last year was just such a beatdown. And you could just tell the team seemed lost. They seemed uninspired. Um and there was so much uncertainty around what was going to come next, right? Like, didn't really know what direction they were going to go. I thought TCU was a super attractive job, but it had been a long time since anyone had, um, you know, taken over. It had been a long time since there was any sort of coaching search in football. And so what what actually was the um, the ceiling for this program? And I remember when, when Sonny Dyke's name started coming up, I thought that made sense, and I think I've said this before, but when they hired him, I had I had come to terms with it. I was like, okay, yeah, this has been out there for a long time. It makes sense. I was somewhat underwhelmed because I, I thought, like, Sonny was a guy that could get them to a bowl game quickly, could turn things around, get that offense going. I didn't think he could do what he's done, so I have to give it up to him. First, I'll say I was wrong, right? Like, I was just blatantly wrong about how good this team could be and how quickly – they could turn things around. Um, and it's been rocky at times, but the bottom line is a team last year that was five and seven is eight and no, have a chance at home to go nine and no against Texas Tech. And I don't know what happens after the last third of the season or this last third of the season. I mean, they have some tough games, right? Like tech at home's tricky. Um, Texas on the road and Baylor on the road are gonna be tough. Iowa State has really good defense. But I know TCU is really good, and I know they've handled every challenge so far um, with a lot of maturity. They've approached games really well. They've made the plays they've had to make to win. And I've just been really blown away by how quickly they have gotten up off the mat and gotten this thing going. It's been it's been a completely different team. Like games, the last few years they would lose close games where the chips were kind of down, it looked like they were out. Um, they've come back and found ways to win. Down 17 to Oklahoma State, down 18 to Kansas State. Just chipped away and found a way to get victories. You know, on the road against West Virginia, when things got tight last week, or on Saturday, I guess it wasn't really last week, um, they stepped up and made the plays they had to make. And so 
it's been a full year since um, the regime change, I guess, kind of started. And obviously, Coach Dax didn't get hired until a couple months later. But what a job the staff has done in year one, just getting this team to believe, getting them to buy in and um, find a way to win and just get better. It's been fun to watch. I've been super impressed with how they've handled their business and gone about it. And I'm excited to see, you know, the new heights that he can take this to. Again, it's like the the present looks really good. The future looks bright. You have a good recruiting class coming in. I think this staff is going to work really hard in the transfer portal to address some needs this offseason. So um, the, the guy that has the keys knows what he's doing. Like the, the program's in good hands. I just want to reflect for a minute on the job they've done here in year one. And we'll preview that Tech game as the week goes on because it should be an interesting one. Tech coming off that blowout loss to Baylor week before they blew out West Virginia. So they've kind of been Jekyll and Hyde. Don't really know what to expect from them from week to week. We are getting our first set of college football playoff rankings tonight. And looking at the AP Top 25, Georgia's at one, Tennessee and Ohio State tied for second, Michigan at number four, Clemson at five, Alabama at six, TCU at seven. Um, so where do the frogs land? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up at seven. I am interested to see how they stack up against one loss, Alabama. Um, you know, I think the committee, I wouldn't be shocked if they obviously gave the nod to Alabama, but you know, TCU has an impressive resume. Like they're undefeated and they haven't beaten a bunch of scrubs. They've had some ranked wins. Now some of those ranked wins don't look as good as they did earlier in the season. Oklahoma is obviously not nearly as good as we thought going into the preseason. Um, Kansas has sort of faded weeks, but K-State is legit. I mean, they just waxed Oklahoma State on Saturday. Oh, yeah, a lot of people were talking about how lucky TCU was to face Will Howard. Well, I guess Will Howard's a pretty good quarterback because he tore up Oklahoma State on Saturday. Um, you know, I think Oklahoma State's dealing with some injury issues right now, and they didn't look good against – uh, the Wildcats, but they beat Texas the week after that tough loss to TCU. I think Mike Gundy's a, an underrated coach. That's a good program. I mean, TCU has knocked off an, an impressive number of opponents. They've stayed undefeated. They're the only undefeated team in the Big 12. I hope the committee gives them some respect and some admiration tonight, but we'll see where they end up in that first set of playoff rankings. And, of course, as you know, it's also a week-to-week thing. Um, as TCU fans know all too well, unfortunately, uh, just because you're ranked, you know, number six, number five, or number three one week doesn't mean you will be the next week. And I don't want to bring up any more bad memories than that. But we'll end on a positive note. Um, they're back in the mix in the college football playoff rankings. And that's a really cool thing to talk about. This has been Locked on Horn Frogs. We're part of the Locked on Podcast Network. I'll talk to you tomorrow. It's your team.